Hello everyone and welcome to episode 7 of Funkas Podcast. This time our guest is Gobion Cosplays. Gobion Cosplays, they're a cosplayer and they also make comedy skits on TikTok. They also have an Instagram where you can find a lot of their cosplays. It was very fun having them over. This episode is a bit different from what we usually do. We usually record this podcast live. Funkas is a live podcast recorded every Sunday for BMBST at twitch.tv slash this was my first time doing a pre-recorded podcast. I'm sorry if the is a bit buggy. I really hope you can enjoy it anyway. You also have amazing cosplays. You are a very good cosplayer. How long have you been doing that for? Oh my gosh. Um, I did my first cosplay when I was, I believe, 13 years old. So um, that would have been 2008. I'm 26 now. So it's been approximately 13 years. Um, and I... I've been in and out of it a little bit. It hasn't been a continuous um, just stream of making cosplays, um, but I've been in and out of it for about 13 years. And I started taking it seriously, big quotes on that, but seriously uh, in the last, I want to say four years. So like you're a professional cosplayer at this point. You have been doing it for a very long time. Well, I wouldn't count myself quite as a professional, but there is a, um, there's a international costumers guild that uh, oversees a bunch of competitions and whatnot around various conventions. And um, according to the Canadian circuit um, and under the international costumers guild, I do count as uh, an international master, which is just a ranking after you've done certain competitions and won certain awards. So I at least have that title. That is, that is actually amazing. What is like your favorite cosplay you have done? You have done quite a lot of them. What is like your favorite one? Oh, good question. It changes pretty often. Um, I think right now it's it's the costume I'm working on at the moment, which is uh, Molly Mock from Critical Role's second campaign. Oh, that's very yeah. cool. It's very involved. And I think, I think the reason that my favorite changes so often is because... Um, it's really about what um, what kind of skills I've been working on recently and what costumes I feel exemplify those skills the best. Uh, and right now, I, I feel that Molly is a very good uh, representation of my current skills and what I've been trying to improve on in the last little while. I'm very sure a lot of us are going to wait patiently for that cosplay to be done. But like, aside from like your favorite cosplays, every single cosplay you do, like... They, there are a lot of details put into it, like a lot of work. What are your like favorite details that people may not be able to see like at the first glance when they see one of your costumes? I saw you so you did a Wally video for your Wally cosplay, but for example, in in you also have a, like a Rocky cosplay. What are like some the details you put a lot of effort in that people may not have seen at first sight, but they still cosmerce for it. Oh, I I don't know that Recky in particular has a lot of details because a lot of uh, my Recky stuff is just sent, kind of pulled from my closet. Um, but I think the you thing know, that I have like an example. Yeah. Um, I think the thing I'm most proud of overall in like not necessarily detail, but um, things people may not fully take in uh, that I've been trying to incorporate into a, a lot of my costumes now is this sort of. Um, staying true to the spirit and the idea of the cosplay without sticking strictly to um, the the source material. So do, doing little things like, um, I've made a um, Nanashimura from uh, Boku no oh, Hero, yeah. Yeah, which sure. I posted that way, way back. Um, but there's, that's that costume is a really good example of what I mean with that sort of being my my favorite overlooked thing is that um, I added a lot of different elements to that costume that um, I think don't detract from the costume being recognizable, but also add a little bit more intricacy um, into the, at least into the building of it. And I think that kind of gets overlooked sometimes. Um, and I'm, I'm never upset about if things get overlooked. I consider it kind of a a compliment in a way that the whole thing looks so cohesive you're not seeing individual pieces you're seeing a whole yeah like it is like sure people may not notice every single detail of everything but the fact that they are noticing the quality and the immersion of the cosplay that is like a compliment in itself exactly like that's exactly um 
why I I love the way I put together my Wally where like, yeah, I have a lot of little details on there that um, I would love people to notice each individual detail, but at the same time, it's really rewarding to have people just look at the costume and see a whole effect, see a, a vision that I was going for overall, because that's that's a much more important aspect to me than people noticing each separate piece of what goes into that. Yes, it's like the this is the character. This is like the character. You are not just seeing the brightly colored this thing or like the little like mishatch of this part. You are seeing the character and you're like loving the character. That is what you're meaning. Exactly, yeah. Like this is the part where everybody freaks out in the podcast. I actually like you said you posted it a while back. I actually like found you a little bit before you posted a cosplay because I remember when you uploaded like that cosplay <laughs> yeah I, like, I I try not to overload <laughs> with cosplay content but it is also because I know not everybody follows me for that but it's been very rewarding to, to have certain people like really latch on to liking certain cosplays of mine and like to have that celebrated as part of what I do is is wonderful yeah. to me yeah, honestly, if we, I say like this is the bar we both freak out, but because for example, my I think second or third guest, they were like, oh, they were like literally they heard that and I've been following them for a year. They were like, oh my god, you saw the you saw the crazy shit. Oh yeah, the, the early stuff. Like <laughs> everything is there, but mm-hmm. yes, okay. Going back to cosplay, like, what is your favorite part? Like your favorite part about making the cosplay? Is it the weapons, the weapons, 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 however that is pronounced. English is not a real language. The weapons, oh, the no, clothing, the what is your favorite part of like making the cosplay in the um, technical I consider myself sort of a jack of all trades. So I I really enjoy having a costume involving a variety of different techniques. Um so I know some people like are really hardcore on doing just armor or doing just fabric builds or whatnot. And I, I'm a person who enjoys a lot of different things. Like, I think if I limited myself to making exclusively cosplays that were just fabric or just armor and weapons, I would feel limited. Um, I, my favorite thing is having different things to bounce around to and, uh, different, techniques to use and different um a different breadth of methods that I use on a cosplay um like for example uh I did a um Cassandra from Dragon Age Inquisition and a lot of people looked at that cosplay and well not just that cosplay but a lot of people in the in the uh community cosplay community that I'm in in Ottawa tend to consider me to be uh, largely a fabric builder, but that's not true. Like Cassandra is um, is was a a warbler build, so that's a, a type of thermoplastic. Um, she involved a lot of thermoplastic the first time I did her, and the second time I I made that costume, it was a lot of foam work as well. And not to say that there isn't fabric involved, but there was a lot of other stuff as well. And she is she was one of the most fun builds that I've done i think because it was that mix of fabric and armor it i got to push myself on two different fronts in learning new techniques so that's the thing that i really enjoy is just learning new things and doing a lot of different things so that i learn a lot of different things that is amazing so like like the same says jack of all trades master of none but better than master of one you can just do exactly everything. yeah everything. and i mean every- Every once in a while, I do sort of get jealous of the idea of being a master of one thing. But at the end of the day, I don't think, at least for me, that that would be satisfying. I think a lot of my satisfaction in a lot of different things, but in cosplay especially, is having that that vague degree of mastery over a lot of stuff. Yes, like that you can make, like, you are confident you can make, like, a, a wider variety of cosplays and of characters because you don't specialize in just one type of build. Exactly, yeah. It opens up a lot of doors to different cosplays I can do rather than just the armor stuff or just the fabric stuff. 
yeah that is that is very cool that is very cool do you go are you like more of like a inside cosplayer like you do more like competition stuff and picture and all that or are you more of a convention cosplayer because i know like there are like different kinds of cosplayers in the way they present in public about cosplay yeah so i do i do enjoy a good competition like i'm i'm not gonna lie and say i'm not a competitive person um i am <laughs> I didn't know that until recently. Somebody had to inform me of that. <laughs> yeah, you think I did competitive dance for 15 years. You think I'd figured it out, but nope. Um, so I do enjoy competition uh, because I enjoy the, the push that it gives me. Um, and I also enjoy the atmosphere of it a lot because there's at least in again in my area in some places it's very different and much more cutthroat but in my area our whole community is all very supportive of each other which is delightful so it makes competition all that much better um but i also do do photo shoots i love doing photo shoots um i don't do i wouldn't consider myself to do um cosplay quite in the same way as maybe like a lot of the um And this, I want to clarify, this is no insult to however, however anyone chooses to do cosplay. It's all fun. It's all great. At the end of the day, as long as you're having fun, that's all that matters, right? But yeah. I don't consider myself to do cosplay the same way that a lot of um, maybe more popular uh, TikTok creators in cosplay do things. Like, I don't, oh, I could never get into cosplay as frequently as some of these people do, right? Like, I think that's wonderful i would i wish i had that sort of energy but uh that's just not who i am in cosplay i don't yeah like, i get what you mean yeah there's been times i've gotten stayed. yeah oh my god there's been times i've gotten into cosplay filmed one thing and then been like i'm done i'm done i don't know what to film i i had fun getting into the cosplay more than being in it <laughs> I think like I think like something like everyone like that has done cosplay can relate is that you see an audio you are like oh I'm gonna send this for when I'm this character and then you just don't use it. Oh my god, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm sure I have a ton of Wally audios saved, but um, the day that I filmed that little cosplay tour uh, showing off all the details, I literally filmed that and nothing else. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, 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 I think I have 50, like, Chavo audio saved. It's the only cosplay I can do correctly, and I never use it. It's oh, the joys of being a colossal cosplayer. Oh, it's it's a great time, but also it's an exhausting time sometimes. Yes. Like, I have already spent an hour putting this makeup on. Now I have to do stuff with it? Exactly. I, I really enjoy it. The process of making and getting into cosplay much more than the idea of like living in a character to any degree um i would rather like walk around at a con being myself in costume than doing skits or anything in cosplay you know yeah no i get what you mean i have actually never gone in cosplay to a con because like i have to say i'm a, i'm very much just a closer cosplayer who does tiktok and school stuff not just Not con level stuff. I don't have the level to go to con, but I get what you mean. I prefer yeah. to just be like myself in the cosplay and just be like, "Hey, look, this is a character I enjoy," than having to act like the character, which like mm -hmm. no. <laughs> no There, there's one exception to that for me, which is that um, cosplay competitions, um, again, at least in my area, I can't speak to anywhere else, in, do involve a stage component if you want to do some sort of skit. Um, and as I mentioned, I was a competitive dancer for 15 years. I love being on stage. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I love the idea of like choreographing um, a skit or like creating an experience for about mm, a minute, maybe two, and then I want to get off stage. Like I love being on there, but I like the experience of creating a spectacle more than it's me enjoying being the character you know yeah I, i get exactly what you mean like i actually don't know what that says about me because like i did like i used to do i don't know it i haven't done it in a long time but i used to do like theater and like musical theater for like 10 plus years and now i'm just no. like i get <laughs> the feeling of like being like it's more about the spectacle than meaning the character you are trying to portray exactly i it's fun to be theatric exactly it's fun to be a dramatic bitch i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
that can just apply to me if you want. <laughs> it's like <laughs> sprinkles. You know, what kind yeah. of dancing did you do? I, I did not know you were a competitive dancer. That is a very interesting fact. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, I did everything under the sun. I was trained in a lot of different Western styles of dance. So um, I did, um, oh, let me rattle off the list. Tap, jazz, ballet, hip hop, lyrical, musical theater, modern, point, um, and contemporary. I dabbled in a few other things. Like I, uh, at one point I got invited to um, a dance tour thing in France where I tried out a couple of different things. Like we did Lindy Hop and street jazz and a couple other things. Um, so I can't really say I'm trained in those, but I've dabbled around and I have all of those other uh, styles that I did for a minimum of, I think, the one I did for the least amount of time, I think, was um, contemporary, and I still did that for about six years. So what you're saying is you are the most, the most, like, intimidating person in the jazz dance. <laughs> um, maybe. Who knows? I've never played jazz dance. <laughs> oh, wait, really? Yeah. It's, I, it, it's very fun. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of friends in high school. <laughs> Yo, no, me neither. That's why. That's why I'm playing just that. Fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> like me neither. That's why I'm over here. But I'll play just that for the summer day. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have it, and I the few friends I had didn't have the game, so I just never got to play it. Oh, that is why piracy is for piracy is for baby. <laughs> oh, true. I mean, you can also just YouTube. pull up a YouTube and follow along, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. YouTube is my best friend. <laughs> As someone who plays jazz, it's just you to be my best friend. Uh, 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 we we don't have money for that. We just we have a big TV playing that. You can just uh, pretend you've got the system. Exactly. Uh, that that pretend it did win me a jazz dance competition one, so like it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, going back to this topic because I I got derailed. <laughs> A little bit of a tangent, that's okay. A little bit of a tangent, they're always okay. Tangents, tangents are the worst part of math, but they are good in conversations. Exactly. Is there any, there are no good parts in math, but I digress. Oh, I haven't been in years. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm so glad high school's over just because I don't have to see math again. Exactly, me too. I will not miss her. Do you see math as red or blue? Like, I know that has been a discussion on TikTok. Is math oh. red or is it blue? I think math is green. <laughs> I, you know, I think I also had math in green. That is good. Because, like, I think red... science was blue. Oh, I, don't, I didn't have science. Like, science, science, science. We had, like, um, physics or biology, depending on the year you were. Oh, and yeah. Biology, see, yeah. that is blue. I, I never had uh, chemistry or biology at the same time, and I didn't take physics. So whatever I was doing at the time, if biology and chemistry both ended up blue. <laughs> nice. No, no, we like, because like, people think math is red. Red, red is for like, like, um, wood carving. <laughs> oh, okay. It is not wood carving, it's like printmaking, printmaking, that is what I wanted to say, because it involves carving wood. Oh, the joys of being in art school. Anyways, oh, <laughs> I, I go into a tangent. The word tangent made me go on a tangent, that is like the most ironic thing ever. We love those little coincidences <laughs> of language. Uh, yeah, going back to the theme. As yes. for me, a cosplayer, you also do comedy skits and other skits in TikTok. Specifically, most of them are related to the Skate Infinity fandom. Yes, indeed. Occasionally Haikyuu, but mostly Skate. Yeah, occasionally it's Haikyuu because like, Haikyuu is also big content. Mm-hmm. But like, mostly Skate. Have, were you like, have you been what? did you watch Skate from the moment it came out or were you one of the... Or did you start late? Like, for example, I started watching on season eight, on episode eight. I actually also started on episode eight. Um, ironically, oh. though, uh, <laughs> I have a note from about, I think, November of uh, 2019 or 2020. The November before Skate started airing, I found That's out funny. about... Yes. I, so I found out about a... Um, a skateboarding anime and I wrote a note in my phone reminding me that there was going to be a skateboarding anime and then I promptly <laughs> forgot 
Um, so, <laughs> yep. So I actually only started watching um, at episode eight uh, because my um, my friend, my girlfriend at the time, but my friend Erica um, had um, had her sister and her sister's girlfriend hanging out in the basement with of her house with us, and they decided they were going to put on this episode of this anime they had been watching and it was skate um and and it's the episode with all the flashbacks to teenage cherry and i was like oh there it is that's my favorite boy that is that is Uh, your favorite like not even white boy that is just a good (laughs) that's just my favorite boy um and so i immediately from that moment latched on and was like this is my new personality (laughs) (laughs) yep like I, I did that, but with Ricky. Oh God! Right, I, I, my new personality I, is the show, but like, yeah. specifically, I, yeah, Ricky is Ricky, and I have a lot in common. I'm just gonna say. Yeah, no, me too. The second I saw this depressed red ass, I was like, yeah, this is me. <laughs> That's a mood. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like I love him so much, but oh my God, Ricky, can you please not be relatable. It's becoming worrying. Yeah, yeah, I hear ya. <laughs> It's becoming like, uh, he's a chill dude. Like, he's who becomes the last episode. You! You! No! Yeah, it, every episode that I watched of that show, I more and more was like, ah, Reki is just me when I was 17. Uh, yeah. Reki is a cutout to every single teenager. Oh, absolutely. And then Mia is just there with a gremlin and I love him. You actually have, like, you're one of the, f- you're the last of a dying breed because you actually think that Mia has good parents. I do. I am not a fan of the idea that he has neglectful parents. Like, I understand how it happened. Uh, yeah. I understand that a lot of the, a lot of the fandom is pretty young, right? And I know yeah. that basically there's a lot of kids who see Mia and see their themselves in them, in in Mia, and they kind of project their own experiences on, which is great. I love when people can see um, see themselves in fictional characters and use that as sort of like some sort of coping mechanism to their own experience. I did that too when I was 13. It's, it's great. It can be very helpful. Um, but as in my situation that I am now as an adult human, I don't find that to be um, a compelling story for Mia. Uh, I think yeah. it's a much... I think it's much more interesting to imagine that he has a very loving family that for some reason or another cannot be involved in a way that makes them privy to everything that's going on. Um, And I I shared a bit of a headcanon um, that one of my followers had uh, commented on a video ages ago about maybe his mother working for Adam. And that's part of that. That is a very cool idea. Right? And I love how that could potentially play into like, not only that they that Mia feels like he can't say anything, but it also would would directly cause situations where he would be covering it up in order to protect him or his parents. Yeah. I I think it's a fascinating idea. And I I personally for myself find that a much more interesting thing to consider than just he has neglectful parents. Yeah. But I, I also like... want I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, so I was just going to say, um, I understand how for another portion of this fandom, it is equally as interesting to them to see him as not having great parents, because that is more reflective of those people's circumstances. No, I just think this one of us daddy issues and they saw Joe and they were like, you need a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, like, I, when, when, like, when I was gonna say, like, like, Mia have, we have one scene when we see his parents, and they are being supportive in that scene, so, like, okay. Yeah, yeah, we, I mean, we also ultimately don't know a lot about them, right? Like, it's really hard yeah. to know a character from one scene, so I am in no way firm on, like, you have to believe the same things as I do. Anybody who's ever, mm-hmm. like, ever heard me talk about anything fandom related knows that that's just not my view on things uh everybody's entitled to 
to feel the way they do about certain characters and believe certain things. And I'm not going to step on anyone's toes. The point of fandom is always to have fun. And I'm never yeah. going to squash whatever it is that lets somebody else have fun. Um, and, you know, for if somebody likes the idea of his parents being a certain way based on that one scene, great. If somebody else disagrees, equally as great. I'm sure there's interesting things in the way both sides see it. Yeah, I I don't personally think there, but people I just like that 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 joke. <laughs> yeah, I like, I appreciate Joe so deeply because he really did. I don't necessarily see him as a dad. I see him as like an older brother, um, because he, he loves those kids, but he doesn't want to be responsible yeah, no. for them. Like, um, yeah, no, like <laughs> the wiki page is like glorious when you when you go through it with that angle because Joe is like when they describe Cher Cherry and Joe at it like very deeply. They, they describe the relationship they have with people, and they are like, oh, they're best friends. The wiki is okay with that. They describe Cherry as cold and be like, he doesn't like he cares about the kids, but and then they are like, Joe sees the, 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 them as his kids. I think the wiki is biased. Oh, I think so for sure. The wiki, the wiki is written by the fandom, and the fandom sure is yep. biased. <laughs> yep, that's hilarious. So much fun. I love all of these characters so deeply because there's so many different ways to interpret all the ways they interact with each other, and it's just fabulous. Me too. But, like, my favorite, my favorite character in general is, like, people don't agree with me on this, but I really like the job manager. <laughs> like, Oka. Oh, my God. Oka, yeah. He's, oh, he's wonderful. Like, he is, he, he is the most supportive character in that, like, not that Joe isn't also supportive, but Oka has, Oka doesn't have to deal with any of this bullshit. He has exactly. no obligation in any way, and he's still there, still helping out. Exactly. He's like, like, Oka Sorekian was like, bitch, you're not responsible enough. And <laughs> you need somebody. And he just went with his tiny dog and was like, I'm going to protect them. <laughs> I love him so much. Oh, he's wonderful. He deserves more love in this fandom. Yes, he does. I just love, I also love his, like, his fox. Oh, yeah, um, fox. sketchy. Yeah, sketchy. I was, like, so thinking cute. Fennec, but Fennec is just the type of fox. Yeah, and uh, sketchy is a Fennec fox. Yeah, sketchy. I, I love, like, he's, like, he has a, ske a, a, a shop called Sketch Skateboard, and he just calls his animal after the shop. That is dedication. Yeah. It's so cute. He loves that little fox with all his heart and soul. That's how you can tell we he's a good guy. We all love that little fox with all our hearts, our souls. Except we for maybe Recky. Recky probably doesn't. <laughs> Recky has... Recky acts like he doesn't like Sketchy, but let's be real, he would die for Sketchy. Probably. <laughs> Recky would <gasps> just... Oh, yep. Excuse me. <laughs> you Okay. Yeah, I apologize. I have chronic hiccups. Um, yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. I actually have a cold right now, so like I don't have a right to say anything about anybody's voice or anything like that happens while they talk right now. We're all good. No worries. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. So like going back to that, you had like a whole series making sad headcanons and also happy like headcanons about the Skate Infinity. What are like your top five headcanons that you made for that series? Oh my gosh. Um, sorry, just to clarify here, my favorite headcanons in general or from a series, which series was it? Skate. Like in general. Okay, so just my general skate headcanons. Okay. Um, so I am very firm about the Joe has two moms. Yes. I love that one with all my heart and soul because it just feels right. I have no evidence for it in the text, but I it just feels right. He um, drinks too much respect woman juice to not have two moms. Exactly. <laughs> no one pulls that many ladies without having two moms. Exactly, exactly. Because like ladies just don't like like not that many women will go to like a douchebag. Exactly. Uh, the other one I already mentioned the the Mia and um, his his mother working for yes um, Adam that is probably one of my favorite ones 
I wrote that uh, one too. It's very interesting. The possible dynamics just. Mm. I think it just adds so much to the story. It's really uh makes me very happy. Um, yeah. even though it's kind of horrible, but it's... <laughs> yeah. It's like, mm, mom, you work for a possible pedophile. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yikes, but it's also very interesting. That the interest is why it makes yeah. me happy. Yeah. Um, and I think, oh god, if I was to pick a third one, I did a little kind of series of videos a while back. Somebody asked me about um, what I think. Um, joe's skateboard before soul looked like mm -hmm. and it launched into this like i think i made three different videos about it uh and what i had come up with for the original design of um joe's board was the palm trees and then he had people sign it um Aww. and yeah i thought it was very cute like anybody that he would ever beef against he'd have them sign the bottom of his board um and um I had I I don't know if I ever put it in the video, but I had in my head that um, the reason that that was his board design was that he had been gifted a board with this like terrible design that he could not stand on it, so he just painted it pink. Um, and mm. Cherry Cherry saw this blank board and was like, "This will not stand. I will not let this be." And so he's the one to have put the the palm trees on it. And I love that. I think, I just think it's really cute, and I, again, have no evidence for it, but I kind of, it those are fitting, some of my, you know? yeah, and I, I, I have this soft spot in my heart for these headcanons that don't have any evidence, right, that it's just, like, me or other people just going off the walls and deciding something that we're going to believe about the show based on what, what makes us happy. <laughs> yes. So, so like, I think those are so much of awesome it's just happiness. Oh, right? There's... Uh, if I can't have what they have, then I don't want yeah. it. <laughs> that is why I'm a, a romantic. <laughs> <laughs> because I know, no matter how much I look, I will never have what those two have for each other. They're just they're just very sweet. And I have a soft yeah. spot in my heart for, um, for like, be best friends as kids. Yeah. And we know okay. that they were best friends when they were children. Exactly! They were like mm, so close. It makes my heart so full. <laughs> Honestly, and okay, weird question: Do you prefer the the Skate Infinity sub or dub? Oh, great question! I <laughs> because like in every other anime, it would be like very much. Oh no, I watch it sub for most people, but Skate Infinity is the only anime I know where even I love the the dub, and like it is. It is glorious. I think... Wow, God, the dub is so good. And I think there's a few animes in which I prefer the dub, not necessarily for the reason that I think the dub is inherently better, like it has better voice acting or whatever. That's usually not the case. But um, for certain shows that are meant to... Um, or rather, I guess the way I should phrase it is for shows where the way that characters speak is a lot of how the character comes across i think dubs are really important and really really good to have right like um the other one that comes to mind is haiku where um and i know some people disagree with me on this uh, and think that the dub is horrible but i love the haiku dub because it gives the kids teenage language and that really Okay, that's, that sounds so cool. That sounds so cool, actually. I have not seen Haikyuu. I, I have seen two episodes. I am trying it's, to start it. They took it out like Netflix where I live. It's really good, and the, the dub does a really good job of making them speak in a way that sounds right for teenagers. And the skate dub does a similar thing of making the the dialogue sound right for the age that the characters are and the circumstances in which the characters grew up, right? Like yes, Joe and Cherry, true. Joe and Cherry speak like millennials because they are. They're, yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, they're, like they're they're my age. Like the fact that Joe at some point says, uh, "I'm not adulting today," that's a thing I have said in my life, and so I just think they do a really good job of 
uh, make of telling you who the characters are through their speech in a way that you don't necessarily get in the sub because subs tend to be uh, a little bit more of a literal Almost. translation. They're not actually yeah. literal because that would sound wild, but they're a little bit more literal and sometimes you can lose intention through that. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, for example... I love how, like, Shadow speaks, like, he's an old man, but he speaks like he wants to be younger than he is. Yeah, exactly. And, like, <laughs> the way that, um, that the his mannerisms in his speech change when he's Shadow versus when he's Hiromi. Yes, yes. I think that's something that you could lose very easily if you're only reading subs versus, like, in exactly. the dub, you really get that because it's so distinct. And if you I had actually no realized in the sub. Yeah, it I'm sure if you're a native Japanese speaker, it's pro, it probably comes across that way in Japanese, but as a person who doesn't speak Japanese and has to be reading subtitles, it, that sort of would get missed if I didn't have the dub to give me the that understanding. The intention of having these different manners of speaking comes across better in a language where I don't have to read subtitles for it, right? Exactly. I I think I also think we all just we all just fell over our feet when we saw the bitches and bros and not binary. Oh God, end me! That was so fucking funny. <laughs> oh, I apologize. I just I I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. You can't swear. I was okay. just like. I, I just added a peep for comedic effect. You can swear. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> I immediately <laughs> afterwards said fuck, and I was like, oh. I'm going to say is that we have, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we had, like, problems, and I just, I just said fuck with all my lungs. <laughs> so, of course, you're allowed to swear. Okay, it's good. Encouraged. <laughs> it's encouraged. I'm Canadian. We have to, or we fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Argentinian. I absolutely understand the sentiment. We we just can't not swear. Exactly. We we over here we get very creative with the way we swear. I, I... <laughs> oh, okay. We were talking about the dub. I just love how yeah. like the the voice actors of Cherry and Joe are just carrying uh, that they care, they're carrying us. Oh God, Damon Mills and Jonah Scott. God bless their souls. Yes. Yes, I didn't know what to say because I was like, I know what he's called Jonah, but the only thing in my brain is Jonah Hill. I would, however, pay money to see a skate dub where Jonah Hill plays Joe. Ooh, why? Because that'd be hysterical. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Such a thirsty gorilla. Sometimes I just want to watch the world burn, you know? Yeah! <laughs> the wheel. That would be, like, so funny. I honestly, I would just sit for a dramatic read of them just reading the like Skate Infinity script, doing different voices for the characters. I would just watch that if they did it. Well, they uh, they've been one of them at least has been doing some um, some voice lines with a British accent, and it's wonderful. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. The day they do Cinderella in English, that is the day I will be lost to the world. Oh, uh, we can only hope. Can I don't know if they hope. ever will, but we can hope. I doubt so, but that is such, like, Cinderella is the definition of a fanfic. And oh, they absolutely. just did it for the official CD. And we're all over here just being like, okay, when is it going to be for us? And mm -hmm. they just said no. I The thing that gets me is that that exists and some people think that uh, Skate was queer baiting us. That's a wild yeah. concept to me. Yeah, no, people were like, oh, it's getting Infinity Square rating. I am sorry. Have you seen the Cinderella AU they put in the official city? Mm-hmm. And there is a big difference between queer coding and queer baiting, which is a whole exactly. discussion. Yeah, that's exactly. a whole other discussion I could talk about for ages and ages, but You're there's a difference. You. We have time. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I don't have time. <laughs> Even though the, we don't have time. The way I always, like, I was talking to my mother about this at one point. The way I describe uh, the difference between, like, basically how we know that uh, Skate was queer coding and not queer baiting 
is the fact that they put in things like at least the fact they put in um references to very um well-known queer media like other queer anime right like they have a yuri on ice uh reference they have a um banana fish reference right yeah and the that's kind of like if a um if a movie from hollywood included the line i wish i knew how to quit you because that is a very direct reference to a very well-known piece of gay media it would be uh brokeback mountain i have no watch mountain okay well it's it's fairly well known i would say like i know it i know it i just i was never allowed to watch it as a kid and that only just did it don't upon me that I don't have to ask permission to uh, to watch things now. <laughs> Ooh, it just fell down on me. <laughs> Brokeback Mountain is a hell of a movie, but that's again another discussion. Um, but <laughs> like, there's there's a line in the movie that is, "I wish I knew how to quit you," and it's a very very famous line that everybody knows is from Brokeback Mountain. So if a Hollywood movie were to put that line in between two male characters or two female characters, or you know any. Yes, Any it would person, be like obvious that it's a reference to that. Exactly, and you'd immediately understand that you are meant to see these characters as some variety of queer, right? And exactly. and the that's what the Yuri on Ice and Banana Fish references do in Skate, essentially, is that they they try to draw these parallels so that there can be no question that that's how you're supposed to read these characters. And I understand so- that if you pulled it up to western standards yeah there's some ambiguity but the fact of the matter is it's not western and it's not made for it's not meant to read for a western audience it's meant to read for a japanese audience and we just get the privilege of enjoying that over here so it's it's important to, to to maintain context and i think the context of skate is that if you look at the references it's making it is very queer clearly queer coded not queer baiting yes actually there is something that that what you just said about like that is not made for us like that to us will not read that way but to a Japanese person it will it just reminded me of something that I hate and it's when people actually complain that oh it's a romance anime in episode 100 they only hold hands yes but how do they interact with each other aside from the holding hands? Why do you care about how they express the relationship rather than the relationship itself? Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean so bad. There's there's so much to be said on that. And like God, if if I go on this tangent, I'm gonna get way off topic and I don't I don't wanna get too hey, off far off. Podcast. Side, we can but... literally talk about whatever we want. <laughs> Well, okay, so the thing I'm thinking is I just started watching The Untamed, um, so I definitely don't know the entire story yet, but um, it's, there's a lot of censorship in that show because it's from, um, it's from China, right? And there's only certain, yeah, yeah, Yeah. so there's only certain things you can put on TV. Um, And it's really interesting watching that show and being able to tell the places basically where they've taken something out from the source material because it's based on uh, a book series and you can kind of tell there's these moments where like oh they took out a kiss there and or at least that's how I read it um because it's I also (laughs) spoiled it for myself and I know kind of how things progress for these characters um and you can, you can see saying. those places and you can see the ways in which it's differently coded and you have to look at the cultural context to understand like, oh, they're still trying to hint things to us. They're still trying to let us know, even though they can't let us know. Exactly. It's like, maybe they cannot say it explicitly, but like, if you have two brain cells, like or like we say here, if you have two fingers on your forehead, you should be able to understand it. Yeah, exactly. If you have two brain cells to start a fire. Exactly. We didn't start a fire. We have only one. Yep. (laughs) No, but especially Craig. Craig has two. Oh, God. Yeah, Craig's running on empty. Craig saw the Craig's lander had stopped. It has stopped. Okay, but like, 
especially like I remember watching Skate. I was like so convinced. Like I was like, hey, these guys like each other, and like I immediately noticed that the difference between queer reading and queer coding, specifically, is the way other characters react to their relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sort of like the understanding from everybody else that like every other character that like oh yeah these two are the most important people to each other exactly yeah which is like much of awesome <laughs> oh my god yeah to a t i love them i love them i ha- i was not watching skate but i knew everything about much of awesome <laughs> yeah i Luckily, uh, once I knew about the series, I managed to keep up with it. So, like, I was up to date on all of the all the things. Like, oh, uh, Joe, the the art that came out of Joe uh, Princess carrying Cherry after he got decked. Yeah, me too. It was, and then uh, it came through. It was gold. <laughs> oh God, it was everything we could have asked for. It was like just Joe's reaction to Cherry getting absolutely wrecked by that skateboard. It, that was like that is your reaction if your best friend gets hit. It would be similar, but it would not be that. Mm-hmm. There was a tenderness there that was very exactly uh, very exactly that is the word. Like he was so like he made an instant switch between me like mad at Adam and me like so tender with Cherry, and I was like, this is a fan fiction. It reads like one. Because it is very gay. <laughs> to quote TikTok, oh my god, these bitches gay. Good for them. Good for them. Like something queer just happened to them. Something so LGBT. <laughs> yeah, honestly. It's like LGBT drop the T on since when are you two married? Twenty years, okay. <laughs> god, they're they're so married. I know that they're not actually because I looked into it in the laws in in uh, Okinawa, they can't actually be married. They can get a certificate. But anyway, they're married. They are married. They are married. Fuck. Like, I don't care what is going on in Japan. This is, like, this is my headcanon. They are fucking married. In every oh God, I, in the world. I do have this, like, vague headcanon that I, I go back and forth on whether or not I actually kind of believe it to some degree, but... They traveled the world together. They could have gotten married elsewhere, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Like, all the, all the countries we know they visited together are countries where gay marriage is legal. Take that, you mm-hmm. will. Like, exactly. If you seriously tell me they never went to a courthouse in one of those many nations, you're lying to yourself. Right? It wouldn't take much. <laughs> And I know how people try to deny this by being, oh, by, by Joe likes woman. Bisexuality exists. So Open that's relationships exist. Exactly. And so does murder if you don't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, seriously. There are so many different explanations. Like, yeah. has whatever the fuck is going on with Carla. You don't question the fact that he's gay. Yeah, it- Listen, he's he's married to Joe. He's also married to Carla. Both yeah. can be true. Like, I love, like, like seriously, like, the audio of, like, being, like, he's my boyfriend and he's Derek's boyfriend, Joe. That is, that is them. Yeah, I made that video. I actually, yeah, exactly. It's what I was about to say. I was like, wait, you made that video. That was, that was me. Like, I think I just about to explain something to you. <laughs> oh, my God. Something yeah, weird just happened there. Exactly. I think like that is the curse of Israel anime. That it is very popular for the three months is on air and then it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Like I honestly think like I have this whole theory that the whole reason why my hero academia has been able to be on top for so long is because we have a new season every year and because the manga is still going strong. It is a marketing mm-hmm. ploy. If not, we would it wouldn't be as popular as it is. Yeah, and I mean, not to say that it's not also very good. No, no, it's, it is like, a very it good scene. But... It's like, it made my life for three years for a reason, but like... Mm. Constant content you know? does, keep, does keep a fandom alive. Yeah, like, because before, like, it's like either constant content or the wonder why is it gone. Like, that is why Tokyo Gold is not popular anymore. Because it was like the constant, hey, where is the third season? Or, oh, the third season is going to drop here. There is a tr- fan-made trailer. It was like the constant, when is it 
they wonder they wonder when is it going to drop that kept it alive and now it's gone i think the same happens to infinity is the um because it was only one season for three months it was very popular a bit after that too but then it just kind of like season anime a new season came and new people the yeah. people went to a new show and there wasn't the anticipation of another thing coming because exactly, i don't think we got original. Yeah, and I don't think we got that confirmation that they're working on another project until the summer, I want to say, like well past the uh the original air yeah, date. Exactly. It was very much like a late coming to like yeah. the news. What I do love is that they they still made official content even after the first half had died down. For example, they had a with special content which oh boy. all of us. Oh boy, there's so much to say about that. None of which I'm gonna say. <laughs> we, none of us we are going to say, of course. It's just like I I just like to mention it for people who know what it is to just look at their screens with a dead stare and hate and hate me for a week because I I reminded them that that happened. Yeah. All I can say about that is someone at at skate headquarters is having a good time and <laughs> all the power to them. Somebody either got fired or got a raise. I don't know which one. <laughs> yep. I Somebody love, got I just now realized your profile picture is a bloody person. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the story of my little platypus um, icon here is that for the longest time, I didn't have any sort of icon on Discord. And um, the, the aforementioned Erica got um, <laughs> got frustrated with it and told me she was going to change my picture for me if I didn't do it. So I changed it to a middle, I changed it to a middle finger and then went. Nice. Nice. You were just, it's like, okay, let's make a mammal who puts eggs, looks like a beaver, has duck feet, and those duck feet, yeah, they have poison on them. I mean, you gotta be able to defend yourself from the droppers. Yeah, honestly. I honestly don't think Platypus would be half as popular as they are today as Fia, if we don't feel as firm. Oh, probably not. I think we all have a soft spot in our hearts because of it. Yes. I love just how they were like, we need to put something as the pet that kids cannot adopt so they don't die on mass. And they just put something that is venomous. Yep. <laughs> just... Something you really shouldn't have as a pet. Yes, and it's just a, a broken thing from the earth that we all just love because they're cute. At least when they're little, they're very cute. <laughs> yes. When they're older, they're terrifying. Yeah, just a little bit. Yep. Back to skate. Do you think... <laughs> I, I really think... I just have thought about that. Ricky would 100% be the kind of kid who watched me as a friend and was like, can you see the bus? And his mom just looked at him with a with dead eyes and was like, "Ricky, please eat your broccoli." <laughs> Absolutely not. Now please return to the to the normal world with the rest of us and yes. go do your chores. <laughs> exactly, but like I believe he would say it like the most unfortunate time ever. Like he, they will literally just be eating something in dinner with like the when he was very little and he was like refusing to eat and to distract his mom he was like mom can we have a platypus if i eat this and his mom was just like without thinking was like you know what yes and then she just gave him a stuffed platypus to get out of it <laughs> not really a good one a cheap stuffed platypus of the arcade kind ones but bought on online just so he would shut up oh god my, my mom once took a trip to antarctica and uh i'd asked her to bring me back a penguin and she brought me back a little USB shaped as a penguin. And, uh, I mean, I got a penguin, I guess. <laughs> yes. You got a penguin. That is true. I just, I'm just project, projecting onto Ricky being like the, the kid who made his mom tired. But not because he was fun, just because he has, that kid has way too much energy now. I don't want, I would like to see Ricky as a child. Oh, that kid definitely has attention deficit. Nobody can tell me otherwise. Oh, yeah, and no, he's he, at ADHD Beach. Oh, yeah, and he absolutely exhausted the hell out of his parents. Yes. Actually, like, my twin is, like, a Reiki kiddie, and they have told me multiple occasions, Reiki has ADHD, yes, but he's autistic just like Langa. And I'm like, okay, yeah, checks out. 
Yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen that headcanon around as well. Um, it, I don't think it's necessarily one I have ascribed to, but it's again falls under my like, hey, I want everybody to have a good fucking time, and hey, if you see it, hell yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, let's just protect the characters and then like that. Like, for headcanons and that kind of stuff, they always depend on who you are as a person because of how you relate to characters because of that. And I love that. Ex- exactly. There's a wonderful, like, like, it's wonderful how you can see differences, nuance, like, there's, there's so much open to interpretation in um, fictional characters that's just wonderful. Exactly, exactly. It's like, "Mm, that's nice. There is a good medium point for everyone. Yeah, and we just have to accept that, but like. Exactly. We just have to all be respectful of the fact we all have different opinions on these things. Exactly. Exactly. Like, we all have different opinions, and that is fine. Let's just don't attack kids just because they don't share your same head canon. Yep. You know, especially since, like, the most, when people talk about toxic, they usually talk about the adults in the fandom that don't want anyone else to have fun. Yeah. I mean,. God, there's, there was only a brief stint, as far as I can see, of toxicity in the skate fandom. And I found it was largely just to do with people kind of not respecting each other's boundaries and also not understanding that this is fiction and we're all just trying to have fun. And that's going to exactly. look different for everyone. And exactly. as, long as, pe- as long as people give you warning of, hey, this is the manner in which I'm having fun with this idea... And you have a chance to opt in or out. If you're warned, you have to curate your own experience. You have to understand when something is and is not meant for you. Exactly, exactly. That is exactly how it should be. Like, for example, this podcast, right? It has a slogan, by fans, for fans. We're just nice here to everyone. No matter the heck, I don't have about their fandoms. Because, like, for what this is for, you know? We're all just here to have a good time. It's like, there's this saying in Free that I love. That is, I will never read your fic, but I will defend to death your right your to right. Post it. Exactly. It's dead dove do not eat. I've warned exactly. you what's in here. If you don't like it, that you you exactly. know. You're I've given you the warning so you can avoid it. And I think people have to be aware of that. Let that especially that like sometimes the ideas that people are having fun with are not always pure. They're not always morally right, but the reason that, with, okay, obviously, um, Adam and Longa get that shit out of here. No, I'm sorry. Uh-uh. Yes, no, no, that, that is, honestly, no, that is, that is, I will, yeah. I will be with you on that one. I yeah. just, I, I will not interrupt with that, ever. Yeah, full stop, Eden shipping, nope, no thank you. Yep. However, nope. outside of that, you can, like, you can oh, write the weirdest, most dark, fucked up shit whatever you want go for it because this is fiction it's not hurting anyone exactly it might it might not be something i want to see but if you've warned me i can get the hell out <laughs> i'm an adult what? and i know that if this isn't meant for me i do like people who use like adam as the villain and his obsession with langa for like for like cool stuff but i don't like like people who actively shipped him like, if yeah. you're going to do something that involves the two of them, at least admit that it is dark and don't put in, like, don't ship them. Why are you shipping yep. them? Yep, that's uh, more than a little weird, my dudes. Exactly. Like, no. <laughs> like, no, 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 thank you. And yeah, then, full stop. Like, seriously, it's like, if, if anyone who's watching this either is like an Ellen shipper or a puppy Twitter, you can just go. <laughs> a place for you. Uh, a on your way out. No, no, you're you're not. No, you're you're you don't deserve a fruit snack. You don't even deserve a fruit snack on your way out. Just go. Why away. do I have a feeling that fruit snack thing is a reference to another TikToker? Oh, you. If you know what is the one that is. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm sorry. I just um. Uh, it's a steam. I just ref- I, I I mimic. It's a way of steaming. It's just I mimic. I understand. I understand. I'm I'm poking fun for fun. Don't worry. No, no, no. I know. I'm just, it's like, it's, that is something that I actually like to explain to people because a lot of people don't know that, that way of steaming for other people with ADHD is to 
store small noises and mimic them, and that includes phrases. Mm-hmm. And that is why I believe S.A. Average Kirito makes so many references. The, 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 the bitch is teeming. <laughs> solid, solid interpretation. I like it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I just, I love S.A. Average so much. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Um, It's S.A.O., so Sword Art Online, right? Yes. Yeah, not my cup of tea, unfortunately. I've watched a no, fair no, amount of SAO, but... series. It's the abridged series. Oh, the abridged series. Okay. No, I haven't seen the But it is, it is genius. It is just... Uh, it's the only abridged series I actually like on YouTube right now. There's some good, some good abridged out there. 50% oh, no, off. I is... don't think... No, no, no. I, I know. That is, another haircut that I have comes from there, actually. Is that Reki loses everything. Oh, 100%. Like, it is not even funny anymore. Well, he's got, um, he's got his wrench for his, um, his trucks hanging off of his belt. And I'm convinced he has it there because if he left it anywhere else, it would just be gone. Exactly. He knows if he just puts it on his desk or on a rack or something, that bitch is disappearing. So he just, you know what, let's not risk it. And just Just attach it to myself. Like a lesbian with carabiners on keys. (laughs) Nope, keys and carabiners. Okay, so Ricky, yeah, Ricky definitely gives his wrench there just so he doesn't lose it because he knows he's capable of it and wrenches are expensive. Mm-hmm. Definitely they are. And with that, our episode comes to an end. Uh, again, this was my first time editing audio. I am very excited about it. I'm also very nervous that some parts were corrupted. We had to cut a lot of stuff out, but it was still very fun to do very fun to record and it was still a very good episode remember fancast podcast it is recorded every sunday live at twitch.tv slash you can also find us on instagram as hatsuart hatsu underscore art on twitter as fancast podcast underscore see you later